0: Welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Today, we're going to talk about death. Continuing our introduction to the kleshas, the obstacles to liberation, Patanjali, of whom we have spoken, outlines the means to liberation in the Yoga Sutras. Within these key principles, we find the five kleshas, or obstacles, ignorance, egoism, attachment, aversion, and clinging to life. The goal of yoga it is said, is not to obtain something that is lacking. It is the realization of an already present reality. Yoga practice removes the obstacles that obstruct the experience of samadhi or the state of complete absorption. So that's going to be kind of all of the coding I'm going to do. So we get that out in the first minute and then we'll get into more chatty stuff now. So of course here, when we talk about the definition of yoga practice, yoga practice removes the obstacles that includes the eight limbed path of yoga, which is different than the modern Western yoga, which you can pay for through class pass or with a group card at twenty bucks a pop now, if I could pay twenty bucks for liberation, I might consider that a worthy investment. but when we're talking yoga in this context, we're talking about having a goal of liberation removing the veils removal of the not true which is a different goal than like have a good but so if we're having a goal of removing the veils removing the not true that includes ego right having the good butt and ego is something modern day society loves especially cultures that are grown from colonial or imperial roots ego is a big winner there and by there I mean here and then the others ignorance attachment aversion we've discussed and I'll link to all of those also in the show notes today we're focusing on Klesha 5, Abinivesha. Sometimes this is talked about simply as fear, fear of anything. Sometimes it's fear of death more often. More often than that, it's clinging to life. Who among us hasn't done that? Almost no one. We as alive humans all suffer from this. It's natural. It's the instinct to preserve and to thrive. It comes from a very animal place. But then, because we're all so complicated, it gets Fear of death can be broken down maybe into a handful of other fears. Fear of change. I'm alive. It's pretty good. I don't want to change that. Even people who have strong, strong faith in the afterlife struggle with a fear of death. I'd argue faith helps if you believe in your heart and soul, if you know that heaven exists and it's a beautiful place and you'll be reunited with your departed loved ones. Then perhaps death is an easier pill to swallow, but still, it's a big change. Fear of the unknown. And part of the reason that fear still persists, even if we do know that heaven is phenomenal, is because, do we? I mean, we don't really know. Most people, even ardent believers, struggle with doubt. And we don't know for sure what's on the other side of the coin until we flip it. The other is a fear of pain, fear of pain based on past painful experiences death can suck for a lot of reasons and a lot of people just don't want it to hurt and that's why sometimes people say i hope it's fast or i hope that they go in their sleep which and this is kind of a whole separate thing it's interesting when you look at how we as a society deal with dying which is to prolong it as long as possible through any means necessary so people don't go quickly or in their sleep It's often painful, but that is how strong the fear of death is. I'd add to that list a fear of not having lived well enough. I don't want to go because it's not my time. I didn't do enough or I wasted time. And that's why, you know, quotes or lists of people's final words float around Pinterest forever. No one regrets not staying later at work. I mean, I bet some people do because if you love your work, then it's important, but that's not really what that Pinterest quote is about. It's about priorities. I fear death because I didn't get to do all the things I wanted to do in life. And you can see how this would trickle down to fears in daily life as well. Not just the big fears, but the little ones. Fear of unknown and pain and not getting what you want. Let's say they don't have my favorite sandwich at the deli, so I have to order something else. It's a change. I don't know if I'll like it. I remember having a gross sandwich in the past. I hope it's not like that. I wish I would have ordered my favorite sandwich yesterday so I could have enjoyed it, right? Fear of a poorly constructed deli sandwich is not as intense as the fear of death, but it's no less common or it's no more common. What I'm saying is both happen all the time. So what's the solution? Before we get to the solution. So before that, I'll pause at this convenient moment to say thank you. Thanks for listening to Yoga for the Revolution. You can subscribe if you have not already on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher or Pocket Cast. Please do rate us if you would like to. I would like you to. You can always find all our back and future episodes on yogafortherevolution.org. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash yogafortherevolution and Twitter and Instagram all of the places. I'm just, I do all the things. I don't do them all all the time and I don't do them all well, but I'm there. And you can find me if you want to talk to me. Right now, you can also get free shipping. Free shipping on orders over $45 at our Threadless shop when you use code d 31 e 17 which you don't have to remember. Just go to yogafortherevolution.threadless.com and the code will be there. Now back to conquering death. Just kidding. This is one where you kind of, you know, you got me. I don't, honestly, it's one of those moments where your humble podcaster is, is really in the muck and mire with you. I have no practical wisdom based on experience. I have not yet expunged my fear of death. I fear death. I mean, I don't spend time fearing death. I don't sit around and fear death, or cultivate a fear of death. But you know, I'm not looking forward to it. I can tell you what other teachers say, what wise people say, what yogic teachings talk about. Here is our ancient wisdom. Trust and practice. First, trust in the self. If we live more fully, death is less feared. I mean, arguable, right? Uh, but I let's assume that's true. Don't take crazy risks, but don't stick so close to home that you never see the world. Right? Get out there and live. Trust in the universe. So meditation or connection to soul, self, or universality connects us to the part of life that doesn't die. And that seems a little esoteric, but in part, this is the faith part. Or in the case of meditation, it is experiential. If you can practice having the feeling of connection, self with source or dissolution of ego, even for just a moment, then the idea of dissolution of the self as we know it is slightly less abhorrent. If we get less afraid, then we can live more fully in the moment. So even though I'm not absolved of the big one, the fear of death, I believe we can use the basic principles of conquering that fear to conquer other fears. Here's how, in my mind, here's how that works. I would argue that all fear is fear of death. That all anxiety stems from this one very elemental, very animal fear. I As soon as I started researching this and writing about it, I remembered this bit in Moonstruck where Olympia Dukakis' character is on a mission. She asks a number of different people she's on a mission to learn why a man would be unfaithful. I won't ruin the joke for you. Let me see if I can play it here. Why would a man need more than one woman? Maybe because he fears death. That's it. That's the reason. I don't know. No, that's it. No, Thank you. Thank you for answering my question. Interesting. Interesting to revisit this quote in the heady days of sexual harassment. Maybe accumulating power is also about the fear of death. I feel like that's a whole separate show. How the fear of death... Builds a culture of power and sexual harassment by accumulating powerlessness of other people. We then feed our own power and try to conquer death. Let's leave that to soak for a minute uh, and focus on examining our everyday fears. Here's an exercise. I don't know if you have ever done it. I have done it. Examine what lies underneath, and underneath, and underneath. Any reason for anything you do or fear to do? What? (laughs) It's, I don't know if it's fun, but I geek out about it. Okay, let's say I'm running out the door and I'm running late for a meeting and I get to the subway and they're just closing the doors as I get there. I've done this sometimes and for some reason I stand really close to the closed doors. Like, I don't know why. I'm just trying to prove how close I was to getting in. It's pretty stupid, actually. But I just stand there and I look for the conductor sticking her head out the window. And I feel like if they see how close I was to getting in, they'll open the doors, which, you know, doesn't actually usually happen. But whatever, it doesn't matter because there's another train two minutes behind it. Anyway, what is all of this about? So, that anxiety builds up, right? I'm running late. What if I'm late to the meeting and then what? What happens? I'm late and my boss thinks I'm incompetent and the client drops us, the company loses money, they have layoffs, I lose my job, I'm out of work and I die, hungry, alone in my apartment and no one knows I'm gone until four days later because no one loves me anyway. None of that is true but that's a little game of what's the worst that can happen. And usually the worst that can happen is death. Probably not all of that will happen. Probably not any of that will happen. But isn't that at the root of it all? I'm late. I lose my job. I have no money to live. I die. Any problem. I'm in a relationship. It goes sour. We split. I die. The president is dangerous. North Korea bombs us. We die. Okay, that one, not so existential. But in most cases, you can employ the what's the worst that can happen line of thinking to get to the root of the fear or of the anxiety. I do this. I do this. Then I die. Okay, well, maybe that is the worst that can happen. But I know there's some exaggeration here, but there's also some truth. Fear of death is the ultimate fear and clinging to life then, the ultimate obstacle to liberation. This is true in this deeper kind of esoteric sense, but also in a very practical sense. If we fear change, we don't change. If we fear the unknown, we stay put. If we fear death, we will never be free. We cannot achieve liberation without being willing to let go of everything we know. Because holding on to any of it will inhibit us from pure, true, 100% liberation. We may get to be 99% pure, like soap. But if we cling to our identity as this physical body, in this form, in this place, and time, we get stuck. Whatever we cling to sticks to us and prevents us in some capacity from moving forward. Our life, the idea of our life, is like the binky or the security blanket of a child. Can you live as a functional adult with a binky? Maybe, but you probably won't get to experience everything as fully or as completely as an adult if you're still attached to that childhood thing. To have one thing, you must give up something else. To have responsibility, you must give up, to some extent, capriciousness, caprice. To have a a monogamous relationship, you give up sleeping with other people. To have in front of you, to gaze at and admire a whole and beautifully frosted cake, you must not eat it. To have liberation, we must not cling to life. It's tricky, I know, but overall, this is a practice and a process Sometimes I think we put this ancient wisdom, we put it up on a pedestal. We put up these teachers, these ancient writers and seers on a pedestal as if they're not human. And honestly, if they're not, how does that help us? I need human teachers, imperfect ones, because those are the folks who know the struggle. So if our teachers are human, then it follows that the teachings are born from a place of humanity not a place of angelic delivery so then we're able to see these teachings as a process a practice and not a goal we've been saying that the goal of yoga is liberation but let's let's look again at the translation the goal of yoga is not to obtain something that is lacking it is the realization of an already present Reality, yoga practice removes the obstacles that obstruct the experience of samadhi or this state of complete absorption. The goal of yoga is described as a practice, a realization, a removal of obstacles. It is in the present tense. The goal is in the present tense. It's not in the accomplishing. It's in the practicing, which is why I think personally, it's okay to fear death a little bit. Sometimes it's okay sometimes to cling a little bit to life. If you're not there yet, if you're not at complete absorption in the moment and you still like things and dislike other things, you know, if you still have evidence of the clashes in your life, that's okay. You're not failing. Failing is less about not achieving than it is about not practicing by not looking at these five obstacles by choosing to ignore funny that that's a klasha ignorance by choosing to ignore all of them that is a little bit of a cop-out if your goal is yoga is practice is liberation in some capacity if that's the ultimate goal right i think sometimes we get so focused on the end Game on the goal itself that when that goal seems overwhelming or unachievable, we just choose not to practice at all. I will never make it to the Olympics. I know this is hard to believe, but it's true. I remember actually the first time, the first time I realized that I will not be like the youngest person to do anything, right? I'm not going to be the youngest person to win a gold medal. I'm not going to be the youngest person to invent a thing. I'm not going to be on the 30 under 30 list. I'm not going to be on the 40 under 40 list. At this point, I'm not even going to be the youngest person to die of anything. So that's a thing, right? That was kind of happened without me noticing, but I noticed it and that doesn't mean that I shouldn't ever try to do anything, right? That's my point. Just because the goal may seem overwhelming doesn't mean I shouldn't try and I posit, nor should you. Just because the goal of liberation seems overwhelming and far away, the goal of eradicating ego and aversion and attraction and eradicating a fear of death, that's a lofty goal. But yoga happens in the practicing, even more so than the achieving. So why be afraid of trying? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Until next time, keep breathing and live, live, live to fight another day.